He's the most high God. Amen. Can you put in the hymn for us? Just maybe a couple of the stanzas. What a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, no music on it. We just sing together, everybody. Let's not play piano or anything. Just sing. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Somebody join me. Raise you somebody. Help me. Oh, a friend we have in Jesus. Everything to God 
in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are a great friend to us. From everlasting to everlasting. You are our shield and our hiding place. Thank you, Father, that the glorious King himself will make himself a friend to somebody like me, a nothing. Thank you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you this day. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the love you show to mankind. Thank you for providence. Thank you for your goodness. Now bless your word this morning, Lord, that it may be fruitful and bless us today. And any who will hear it in time to come, it is a blessed blessing to them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 And we are speaking from Gospel Mission International Church. Pastor Emmanuel Oba, who blessed God this day, has given us a new day. The topic is a little strange, uh, but I want us to listen because it's something that affects each and every one of us at one point or the other. The uh, message of today is soured relationship and soured love. It's a topic I'm not an expert in. I've uh, gone through mine with uh, absolute God's grace. Absolute God's grace. Amen? It's an area that uh, nobody teaches us at times. And we go through it in our marriage, in our children, in our place of work with different people. The relationship. Relationship. Um, so, I'm not an expert in this, but I picked up some experiences along the years. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the word of God qualified me to speak on any topic. Amen? So, here am I, teaching on this uh, sour relationship that produces uh, soured love. <laughs> and, as uh, so I said, it's a strange topic, but it's a teaching message that can speak to a lot of people, not only here, but people that may not be with us, may watch it later on, may hear about it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's take Acts of Apostles chapter 15 verse 39. Acts of Apostles chapter 15 verse 39. And if you're a young person going into relationship. This may help you to do better than me. Amen? If you are already in one, then that may help you to improve on it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, there are circumstances at times that make relationship hard. For those of us who have relationship that of no, due to no fault of there is a very long distance relationship and they are managing it. I want you to know that God, in his grace, will see you through. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. To find a way to keep you through because it's not because you want it so, but it happens so. Uh, and some other circumstances can make it also hard. And if you are in a relationship that has gone unredeemable, uh, 
level and you say, well, what? God will open a new path to forge a new relationship for you in Jesus' name. And you will learn from these experiences to build a better life, build a better relationship. Don't blame yourself over spilled water. Let that go. Look forward for what providence have in store for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When they had read, I say Acts of Apostles, chapter 5, verse 39. 39, please. Verse 39. Amen. Acts of Apostles, what did I say? 1539. Chapter 15, verse 39, please, not 5. You can see that I'm not well prepared for this message. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the contention was so sharp between them. And they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Amen. And the contention was so sharp, very bad, that Two great apostles have to part ways. Sour relationship. Thank God that their own later resolve, it didn't go to next level of sour love. They were able to redeem the situation through God's grace. Sour something is like you have a food prepared or somebody giving you a food or in a race or whatever. And it tasted so delicious and so nice that you just have to take the leftover and plan to eat it uh, next time when the opportunity, when you are hungry. And you didn't take good care of this leftover, didn't put it in fridge on time, or you didn't wrap it very well, or you didn't cover it very well and allow a standard uh, things like uh, jams or whatever to get into it. And then you are hungry again, you brought it out to taste it. Mind you, when you first ate this, it was so beautiful, it was so nice. It's something you look forward to trying again. Only this time, when you have finished warming it up and you tasted it, you have to spit it out because it has soured. It becomes tasteless. It's no more desirable. It is a bitter and can even become a dangerous, poisonous food if you go on and eat it, which fortunately I have done in myself because I was so hungry that I said, I'm just going to eat it anyway. And after you finish eating it, you start touching your stomach and crying out and peeing and pooping throughout the whole night because you have eaten a soured food. That is not too far from what we see among relationship between spouses, men and women, married couples. That is not too far from what we see relates to some family situation between parents and children or children and parents. That's not too far from what we notice between BFF Best of friends forever, only they crashed at a point. It's no more forever. 
These are things that happen in life because, as I said, a lot of them is our mistake. I will always blame the devil because he's the architect of these things. He sows seed of discord in our marriages, in our life. But blaming the devil will not excuse many of us because we are collaborators. We play part in this. We do not take certain things serious. We do not watch over our relationships. We do not guide it generously like something that is important to us. We know to maintain our clothes, keep certain things that is dear to us, making sure that they are in good order because if we don't, we may not get what we want from them the next time. But in our relationship, we allow the enemy to get in and we collaborate with the enemy and it becomes a problem. Problem that could be resolved. <clears throat> Sour relationship does not mean at a point that love has stopped. It is when this unfulfilling, palatable situation continues that it goes into the next level where love is affected. And part of the problem that I've seen in my own life and the life of people I've counseled or people that I've spoken to or people that come to me is because there are certain symptoms that was negated, overlooked, swept under the rug. When I come to some of those this morning, there are characteristics that you can use to notice that something is going wrong with this relationship. And if you are wise, you can apply some solution before it goes bad. Completely. It becomes harder to be resolved. But many of us feel, okay, not what it at this point. We can manage, we can resolve it later uh, on, we postpone it, we put it in the back burner, we procrastinate and stuff and so on. We lie to ourselves that nothing is wrong until it has become really wrong. And then they say, wow, how did we get to this point? It's because we do not take care. And I want to say this for the benefit of some of us, because I've counseled young and old. Many of our children are watching of the relationship we have as a man and wife. And unfortunately, many a times it creates a problem in their mind. It may even bring fear. Will my own relationship be like my mother's and dad's? Is it what I want to be? And so it may create a problem that they are afraid of relationship because of what has transpired in the home. 
And many of times, many of us are knowledgeable men and women of God who refuse to take advisement from the Holy Spirit our own mind in dealing with the relationship problem we have, and then it's soured, and then love is soured, and then if care is not taken, it becomes a decayed situation. And, and people say generational situation cause or whatever. It is all because of the foundation we laid. The Bible talk of Timothy's. Say the faithfulness in your grandmother that was found in your mother, let it continue in you. Certain things past goes from generation to generation. If there is honor, if there is respect, if there are certain things in the home, even the children will latch onto it. I say, by God, this is worthy of emulation. How I wish I have I will have something like mom and dad has. Now, mind you, we are talking of relationship here, and we started by reading about two great men of God. <clears throat> the greatest you can find, I'll come to that later on. Part of the problem we have in going into relationship that sour is because we become too ordinary to each other. We become too familiar. We become too predictable. Because Emmanuel is always there or my wife is always there, it becomes ordinary to me. We know there are ups and downs. There are failures and limitations in life. And there is this word that might be true that familiarity brings was contempt. And when there is contempt, after all, look at him, the way he snores when he sleeps, or the way he farts when he sleeps, and so on. You know certain things about me that no other person knows, that I chew food certain way. There are certain things about my life that on Sunday I dress up and look like a what a wonderful person I clean up and show up and stuff. But in the house, I'm just like other person, if not worse. You know my ins and outs. So familiarity can break that content. If beautiful sisters come dressed up with watches of uh, makeup and everything. They look great. Uh, go check them out early in the morning. <laughs> When they haven't put on that makeup, it might not be the same story. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, see, you see the worst of that person. You see the best and the worst of that person. Hmm? And so we become too familiar with one another. And contempt is an emotional strong point in women. It's a turn off. To anybody, but especially women, when there is content in your life, in their heart, towards the opposite this thing, it creates a problem that may even aspect the level of respect they have for you. Because it's an emotional connection. So we have to be careful what we do, not just in outside, but in the home, to try to make the other one continue to see us in the better part of us. 
I remember one brother giving a testimony one time, that's brother Cain, about the dad. See, even when he comes home, he used to shower, put on a nice this thing, and brush up and look clean. That is Papa, the, the dad of our brother Cain. I remember that. See, he buy these nice pajamas and wear in the house and look nice. No, some of us, when we come to home, we just let everything go. And so we see the other part of the other person that nobody sees, nobody recognizes, nobody knows about. That the great man of God that is preaching has certain things in his life that is not of the best. So he breeds contempt. And so when this contempt in there, even intimacy become a problem, become a chore, it become a hard something to do, a duty that will rather not do because it's not not just there again. And part of this is because there is no maintenance in the relationship. At times it can come from one side. At times it can come from both sides. But one thing I've noticed is that most of the time is because we are not watchful. Because we have taken one another for granted. We come to that later on. So there are same things for you to watch Signs for you to watch, red flags that you can see. On hindsight, you start seeing it at times, 2020, but that was after effect. Things like constant bickering when it is going on in the home all the time. Then there's certain situation that you, as a watchful man or woman, can start to see that is not normal. When there is criticism of one another or one-sided, that is always negative. You pick out the worst part of things and say it and see it. You don't comment one another on what is good, but you always see the worst part of the other one, what she does wrong, what he does wrong, what is not doing right. What is, there is no time you are seeing what is positive. Or if you see it, you keep shut up. You shut up on that area but you remember the worst, the things that are not right. Negative criticism. Then we start to notice indifference to one another. The part that I know and failure and many of us with the touching, the communication, the, 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 it becomes less and less until it is no more there. And we say, well, we have lived for 40 years together. What is it again to do? I will live for 50 years or 10. I'll come back to the Bible that says, remember your first love. Remember your first love. Then the emotional distance starts to come in in the family. Emotional distance. There's no get together on the emotional level. We are no more seeing things the way God wants us to see it as a couple. Many times, one person suffers more than the other one. It can be man, it can be woman. Because one may be trying to connect and the other one is drawing away. You are not identifying with the suffering of your partner until it becomes totally impossible, if not for God's grace to recover. We talk of the 
symptoms that you can notice. When you start to see one partner or whichever one say, well, I need my space. I need the my, my me time. Once when I counseling people, say, well, I needed my space. I consider that there is really no time there's vacuum. The space you see here is filled with something. Air, jams, whatever is there. Something is always filling it. So when somebody says, I need my space, except for time for fasting or prayer as the Bible recommended. Other things may fill into that space that you don't want later on. Like wandering eyes start to set in. Like emotional distance start to come into this whole thing because you want your space. And this space keeps extending until you cannot see that space again with a microscope because it's so distance away between two of you. Now we see that these are all the enemy weaving his plans and intention to sow seed of discord so that the sour relationship will produce sour love. And when there is this thing, the home, the friendship, the relationship, the brotherhood, whatever it is, become decayed if you do not take time to resolve it. I pray that that's not our portion in Jesus' name. Amen? You may say, well, <coughs> yeah, it may happen, but for Christians it doesn't. What do you mean for it happens a lot even among brethren, even among men and women? Because we take one another, come to a point, we take one another so for granted that even it's just based not right. It happened to two brethren that we read at the beginning, Paul and Anabas, great apostles of God. If you don't know about Paul, he was once a sinner, and then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he got converted, and he turned to the Lord. And after spending time in Damascus, he has to go back to Jerusalem. On going back there, where he was torturing and killing people and doing all this harm to them, nobody will accept him. Nobody will even want to open the door to him. There is only one person that welcomed him. There's only one person that saw him for what he was now. That he was changed man. That was Barnabas. That's how close their relationship was. Barnabas later moved to Asia Minor in one of the seven church ages, started a ministry that blossomed, and invited Paul to come with him to this place so that they can expand and build on the on the word of God and teach all these new people. And they started to work together for quite a while together, ministering, building churches, expanding the word of God. Then one day the Holy Spirit spoke a direct word as the brethren were praying and said, say pray for me these two people so that they can go minister to the Gentiles. So they went together and started ministering to others in distant lands and building. 
But they took with them Mark, John Mark, the writer of the book of Mark. And along the way in Pamphylia, Mark has to leave or left in such a way that Paul took offense, serious offense. Paul and Barnabas continued with the work they are doing, finished it, ministered to all these nations, and came back. Then after some time, Paul said, let us go back to see the brethren and build them up and see how they are doing. Only this time, Barnabas wants to take his cousin, which is Mark. And Paul said, no, we are not taking him because of what he has done. What did the Bible say? And the contention was so sharp between them. Imagine that word. It wasn't just a contention of small portion. He went outside. People heard about it. It got so point that they cannot work together again. And so what happened? And they departed asunder. And they separated. The relationship soured. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. While Paul took Silas. We thank God that that situation was redeemed later on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The reason I brought that is if that can happen to seasoned men of God. Over smarting has taken somebody or not taking somebody with us towards in the ministry, then you have to watch your relationship. You have to watch your marriage. You have to watch your friendship with somebody. There are people I've known here that are my best friends from ever, a long time since I've been in this country. Don't take it for granted. Don't start taking one another for granted because you now know them on Think you know them. Because the enemy can now walk in and weave in and bring something that will separate that through friendship and it will hurt. It has hurt, it will hurt. Some reasons why relationships soured. One, we take one another for granted. I mentioned that already. Married couples started together with love. Best friends started together being that we're going to be best friends from forever and ever. But then after some time, this thing we talked about, about familiarity, bracing. And you are no more careful what you say. You are no more careful how you treat. You are no more careful what you, your outlook and actions towards the other person. It's registered. It's registered to a point that it starts to tear things apart. The Bible says, and they departed asunder. That separation. Gradually. It's never immediate. It's not an avalanche from the first time. It is a gradual process. You don't more have that respect for her again that you used to have. You do not care for her again, you still have. The communication between two of you is dwindling. There's bickling. There's constant, constant nagging, either from the man or the woman. They are just that 
emotional distance happening. The best time to close the gap is now. Amen? The best time to stop it is now. And it may not be only by prayer alone. It will take work and action. Revelation says, say, remember your first love and do the work. So there is part that is spiritual and there is part that will be action, work, part. Before the asunder part comes, if you do not do those. Don't take one another for granted. Don't say because I've known her all these many years or she has, I've known him all these years, what else to know? Search for new things that can make that life that you guys have excitable. Remember your first love when there is the sugar in my tea. Yeah, as the other words they say about it, all those nice, nice something. I know some of you are well versed in writing a kind of letter. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. I saw in my package, I was looking for something the other day. I saw some of the communication between me and my wife, donkey years ago. Say, my God, I don't even write anything like this. That was just three days. I was looking for, for passport or something, and I brought out this pile of books, and I saw that there was actually time I was writing. God have mercy on us. <laughs> Very nice too. You are this to me, you are that to me. Without you, I cannot breathe. <laughs> you are my sunshine. I God have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Unrequited love can be troublesome. When one side is showing love and you are not reciprocating, that is showing, returning that to the other person. She's always the one or he's always the one that thinks, well, you are not well dressed or only me make a new clothes or buy a gift or do something a little different from the norm. To keep that love greased. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have to return honor to honor. Favor to favor. Respect, return them. Love, return them. If they do something nice, try to do something nice also. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It may not be in the same measure. Counseling a lady who believes that it is the duty of the man to always do this, do that, do that. I said, do you think him, he doesn't want the same? Why is this his duty? Well, the man has to pursue the woman. I said, he already pursued you many years ago. Now you are the wife. If he's doing that, try to return some of those. Do not live in yesterday. Think in the futuristic. If it is good for you, why is it not good for me? 
Amen? If hugging is good, you want me to hug and it might be also that I want you to hug me also. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If that thing she's doing to you is so nice, then try to return the same. So that it is not one-sided. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Communication. These are reasons for soured relationship and so on, Lord. Used to be that you guys can stay on the phone till 2 a.m. talking to one another when you are not married, you are pursuing, you are loving, you are showing all these things. Now you are married and you are three feet away, actually two feet or one feet, depending on the size of your bed. <laughs> and you don't talk again. You don't communicate again. The only time you communicate is when you guys pray together. That is not right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Not just it's time to pray, honey. There is other time other than prayer. Why don't you do some of the things you used to do together that you guys love? Maybe it is watching movie together. Maybe it is going out together. Maybe it is just chatting together. Maybe it is just strolling out. Whatever that used to work. It can still work today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Now, I found out that many of these situations simmers forever. That is like a boiling pot. It remained unresolved. Differences. Because we sweep it under the rug, we create a suppressed resentment. And the result can become a volcanic eruption when it is suppressed for too long on one side. Talking to somebody one time, say, well, she should have noticed that or he should have known that. So you know what is wrong with your brother? You know what is wrong with your sister? The Bible says if you are coming to give an offering, and you find out that there's oaths that even you thought I have against you, I have against me. You say, leave your offering there. Go do what? Talk to your brother. Talk to your sister. This is something that is not right. And you are waiting for that person to figure it out, to read your mind, to become a, some kind of mind reader or some knowledge, you know, pull it from God and know what is bugging you. You allow it to simmer. You don't talk about it. You don't communicate your concern. And when you are communicating it, you communicate in such a way that it's not in love. It does not bring solution. Then this situation continues to boil and boil and boil and boil until those what it become erupted. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You know, the Bible always have something to use to teach us. There is in this Bible a relationship that went sour for 20 whole years. It is between two brothers, Esau and Jacob. Jacob, the supplanter, the cheater, 
does not really care about how Esau feel, and Esau himself wasn't that wonderful person. He gave the point that the situation was, if I see you, I will kill you. That relationship has gone south, way, way, way south. And so Jacob hightailed it out of that place because he was going to die. The mother packaged him and said, go to your uncle Laban and stay there. And he stayed for 20 whole years. Got wealthy, have resources, have money, have wives and children. But God says, it's time for you to go back to your homeland. Laban's house wasn't too good at that point anyway. He did what he used to do and got all this stuff. So he started moving back home. Only that he's moving back home to somebody who told him, when I see you, you are dead. See you, dead. <laughs> yeah. On the way, he sent message, not recognizing what he has done. Not still recognizing that he has offended his brother. Not being able to see it from his own point of view. He started coming home. Sent a message to his brother. If you read it, he started telling him, I've acquired wealth. I have cows. I have goats. I have camels. I have this and that. You are talking to somebody who says, I'm going to come to kill you whenever I see you. And what you have to present is that you have cows, you have this and that. So his brother, Esau, who was, as of that time, also not as easy person, a small man himself, he armed 400 men. 400. What do you think 400 men was going with him to go see his brother? To kill him on the first side, just like he promised. Then, Jacob realized that and said, my God, this man have not forgotten all this thing that happened before he see, coming with 400 men. And he was so afraid. This was in the Bible. But he did something that I will encourage us to do. He sent his family across, came out in the, this across the fort himself, and that day, the Bible says, he went into prayer. He wrestled with God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? And I was thinking about, I said, what changed? He wrestled with God, and God did something that night that we should think about. He changed his name from Jacob, the cheater, the supplanter, the swindler, towards Israel, a prince with God. Now, if somebody comes to you and says, Sister So, or God comes to you and says, I'm going to change your name, the first thing I may ask is, what is wrong with my name before? I've had this name for 100 years, 50 years, 20 years. God now made Jacob to see what he was. That yes, the hand of God might be upon you, but you were also this to your brother. And so, after that prayer, which I encourage us to pray in the face of this situation, Israel become a changed person. His next message to his brother was different. His conversation, his communication to his brother become different. 
He sent word of affirmation to his brother. No more that I'm rich. No more that I have all this money. No more that I this. No more that I this. He started commending his brother in such a way that I think changed the whole balance within 48 hours or 28 hours. He recognized the other. He shows empathy to the other. He felt the pain of the other person. Not just me, 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 Jacob. Israel was now reaching out to Israel. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He communicated in a different form or manner. It's good to see the pain of other people you are dealing with, not just your own. At times, take a step back and think of this other person. Put yourself in that other person's shoe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Think of the part you are playing or what has created this situation to happen. What part have you contributed? What is your own error? Your salvation will start to come when you realize and be ready to do the first work that you were doing before. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? 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 It may take a long time, brethren, to win over this situation, to resolve it. But mind you that that house you tore down, basically, the emotion, the love, the relationship that was torn down over the years or months or weeks may not be just recovered, like in this case, within 24, 48 hours. But a journey of a thousand miles starts with what? Step. One admonishes this morning that God is God of love. And he who abides in God does what? Abide in love and God in him also. The nature of love is that it's an essential part of life. It is things that will help us to thrive in it. It brings companionship. It brings friendship. It brings satisfaction. It brings all different things with it. And when this love has departed, Everybody loses. The person you are trying to punish, it's not just that person that is being punished, you yourself is punishing yourself. We need to work on our relationship. Not just to pray about it, but to work. Show another one your affirmation, your concern, your empathy. Show the side that you had before. Recall your first love, you say. Repent and do the work. That is Revelation chapter 4, chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. Revelation, quickly please as we close. Revelation 2, 4 to 5. 
Revelation 2, there are four. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Go on. Remember therefore from whence you have fallen and repent and do the first work or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove the candlestick out of his place except you repent. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May that never be our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity, I am become some, some a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Go to 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am what? Nothing. Zero. Three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have no charity, it profited me nothing. Verse 13. Go to 13. No, chapter 13, verse 13 now. Go to 13, right? And now an abided word, faith, hope, charity, which is love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As we stand on our feet, Jonathan was born a king. Let's stand on our feet as we about to pray. Born a king because he was a king in the making. David was given his lot in life. And Jonathan accepted God's will. His father nearly killed him for it and said, why would you accept this? But he said, well, God has knitted his heart with that of David together, the love of God. But David could not come into his portion because the king of Israel, the might of Israel, the power of Israel, which is the father of Jonathan, was out to destroy David. At a point in David's life, he was demoralized, Part of broken relationship is also stress, chronic stress that will come with it. Many a time people go into psychological situation, emotional damage that it brings with it, and they are depressed. So David was cut off. What did Jonathan do? He said he went to strengthen the hand of his friend. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I ask us to remember to strengthen the hand of one another. Don't pull one another down. Strengthen the hand of one another. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Show concern 
to one another. Don't leave it to one person. Don't go tit for tat. He's doing it, so I'm going to do it. He went and strengthened the hand of his friend. And so David was revived. Years later on, when Jonathan died, he cried so hard. Oh, Jonathan, my brother, he cried. And years later on, he asked the whole Israel, Is there any among the house of Saul, Jonathan, that I may show special favor because of that love that was returned? His son, Jonathan's son, was lame and crippled, not worthy to sit before the king's table. But because of the love that the father has shown to him, he called him in. And he ate and drank in front of the king thing for the rest of his life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So love returns love. Respect returns respect. If you show concern, you will get it back. If you so good, you return with good. Let us work hard to keep the relationship that we have. It is not easy to recover when it is destroyed. So now is the time to take action. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you. Blessed God, we give you the glory. The little I have spoken of this morning, take it and reach out to any family, any friends, husband and wife who are suffering due to broken relationship. Bring the healing virtue from heaven unto it in the name of Jesus. Open the understanding of your children to walk in restoration and not to tear one another down. Not allow external factors. This person said that, that person said that, this person did that, no. Not allow them to interfere. Let peace exist among the children of God. Let your goodness expand among us, Lord. Let us learn to honor and to uplift your name and also to respect and honor one another. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise him, please.